Hello and welcome back to another episode of Checkpoint Radio. My name is James and I'm here with Ben and Connor. We've got quite an interesting episode coming up today. We're going to be diving into the world of cloud gaming and talking about our experiences with the likes of GeForce Now plus the streaming offerings from both Xbox and PlayStation, as well as giving our thoughts on cloud gaming generally. Is there a future for cloud gaming in this industry or are consoles and PCs here to stay? But before we get into that, gentlemen, good to see you. I feel like it's been a little while since we've actually had a catch up yeah, outside this like podcast. Yeah. How are you both doing, Ben? You good? Yeah. All good, thank you. It's been another week off for me. Feels like I'm always having weeks off and I'm not complaining. Um, Dosser. I know, mate. I'll take every week off I can get. Um, it's been a pretty mental week for me gaming-wise because after Alan Wake 2, I've been mm. in that hole of despair of what on earth do I play next? Because yeah. what on earth is going to match Alan Wake 2? So... I can go through the list of games I've been dabbling in. I've literally done like half an hour of this game, turn it off, half an hour of another game, turn it off. So, so what, playing, what, have you, what have you been playing? It's a long old list. I surprised myself. So I was playing XCOM 2. That's really fun. The first Divinity, because I know it's mm-hmm. going to take a thousand hours, but I eventually want to make my way through Divinity, Divinity 2 and then Baldur's Gate. So I'll come back to you in 10 years when that's done. Um, Counter-Strike 2, dabbled in and out with a few friends, which is fun. I think I might give Assassin's Creed Odyssey a go. I launched it the other day, maybe. Odyssey, what, the, the, uh, obviously the ancient Greece. Yeah, yeah. So, I know, it's a bit of a slog. Um, I've been working through both Max Payne's. So I completed the first Max Payne the other day because obviously that's where Remedy started, which Mm. was fine. I quite fun, obviously aged, but there's lots of uh, charm to it. I'd say after this long, and and you can see obviously Sam Lake and but just the effort that he put in on his first game. So Mm. it's really quite good to see working my way through Max Payne two. Gears War two, as that was part of our episode today. Ghost Recon Wildlands, World of Warcraft, Hardcore, Classic, and then I dabbled a little bit in Subnautica. You're, you're a masochist. Yeah, mate. I tell you what, I didn't, like, I didn't enjoy not, any of them as much I'm not going to play Baldur's Gate, you know, best game of the year to most people. I'm going to go and play yeah. the, the first two games well, that led to that game from Larian. <laughs> it's like where it all which, came from. Which like five to six hundred hours each. No, I'm not going to play that. And then yeah, like, but you do, you do know as well. But like these these games, they aren't like canonically like one, two, and three. You, no. you know that, don't you? You don't need to play those. Yeah, that those is a other good two point. games to play Baldur's Gate three. But yeah, I'll like, give Divinity some credit though. They are good games. So it's like yeah, yeah. I'm, I oh, am yeah, enjoying yeah. them. They're incredible games. But it's like mm. me. Oh, Spider Man Two's out. I'm not going to play that. I'm going to go through Insomniac's entire library. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like, I've got a bad. But it's been enlightening. No, no. I respect the way that you play games because when you go in, you go in. And I yeah. haven't got that dedication. I don't I'm have like, that attention span I'm like whatsoever. a magpie and I see something shiny, I'm just going to jump into it. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I wanted to play Lords of the Fallen because that looked quite fun. And the new Yakuza's mm. out. But then the problem is like, the new Yakuza's out. I'm going to have to make my way through There's every like single Yakuza. There's like fucking six previous Yakuza games that and, need to be. Uh, There's more than that. There's like 50. It's like 15 of them. Oh, and some oh no, there's there's six like main line ones, isn't there? There's yeah. like a yeah. bunch of and then, spin-offs and... Yeah, there's loads of spin-offs yeah. and some haven't been ported to the West. And uh, yeah, that new one got made in six months. 
So you're going you're to have to go out to Japan and live there yeah. for like six months. I need to play the 3.2 <laughs> episode. Get, just to get the ones you yeah. can't get your hands on over here. Yeah, yeah so, got, it was meant to be DLC and then they just made the whole entire game. Yeah, been, I don't know how they watching, keep pumping them out, to be honest. They just pump no, them out. Studios, like, that's studios. Every yeah. year, just a new Yakuza th- game coming out. I think they use a lot of their old assets. Like, I think this game oh, yeah, is 100%. basically set in the same map as a game before it. So it's literally yeah, just, um, we've got the map already made. Let's just make a story. The mainline Yakuza games where you play is, oh, his name's eluding me. Um, like the main character, which they've brought, they've brought back. Which yeah. Was, it, they wasn't meant to bring him back, but they brought him back. Um, they're all set in like the same square. Mm, so it's literally. just like the same map and then it, just like change a few things and missions elsewhere and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah, I'd like to make my way through them one day, but I've got everything else but Dude. to play. <laughs> you got so many fucking games on your list. See, I'm, <sighs> no. I'm quite like a snob when it comes to sort of old games. Like I don't mm. particularly like playing old games, and I think part of the reason for that is is that like if I go back to revisit a game that I loved when I was a kid, mm. and like looking at it now from the perspective of playing a game like you mentioned Alan Wake for example that the presentation is just like through the roof yeah sometimes it kind of it's not the same experience when you go back to those older games and that's that's and just me memory though. warps I, it too yeah because like at the time of you playing that game you think oh this is cutting edge it's like the fucking mm. bleeding edge technology it's like the best thing I've ever seen obviously it was 10-15 years ago yeah but now maybe not so much so yeah I guess there is that whole perception of it for, for me personally yeah I played this game that actually surprised me as well I completed a game called The Darkness 2 a few days ago all the way through it took me like I could have done it in a day but it took me like a day and a half um, but I tell you what it like the game is old and it look it's it's from um, who's the guy who who are the guys is it 2K who's done Bioshock Infinite hmm yeah, so it looks very much like Bioshock Infinite if it came out five years before Bioshock Infinite came out. So like you can right. imagine the technology of it. And yeah, the game's a bit rough around the edges, but it is quite fun, but I wouldn't recommend anyone to play it because it's not amazing. But if you were to take the story and turn that into like a film or a TV series, the story itself has got actually some incredible twists and turns yeah. and some interesting characters and like love and death and like obviously there's this whole darkness thing like turn that into a series it would do amazing mm. but it's just a shame that it's one of those games that came out too soon no one cared no one heard of it yeah well so, I, I would have um, been able to experience some of that story Ben because I know you, you were streaming it the other day mm. I, I tuned into your stream on three separate occasions on that day and you were AFK Oops. every time so Wait. I just like fuck this guy I'm not watching your stream yeah. ever again close that but left in my twitch description it literally says like if you enjoy someone who AFKs all the time, then I am your guy. <laughs> I just the thing is though, like sometimes you'll you'll go you'll play a game and you'll be streaming at like seven thirty in the morning, and mm. you'll be there like the t- the time you expect someone to not be streaming. Yeah, you are streaming, and then oh, just... when I try to like watch at a normal time because it says you're online or you're broadcasting or whatever, you just it's nowhere to be seen, just an empty chair. Yeah, I one think of, I need to give one up of my on the whole streaming dream. It was like you were streaming and you was playing a game. I think it was might have been the original Bioshock you was playing, and you paused mm. it and you just went on like a, a Wikipedia deep dive. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> yeah. Ten I out of ten content, it. mate. This is this then, is incredible. Um, you was it there, about like, gaming though? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it was about oh, gaming. Okay. Go, like, who did this? And I said, oh, it's like Ken Levine. And then you went down like oh, Ken Levine's Wikipedia, yeah. and then that led to oh, hit the mic. 
they went were. somewhere else and you was going and then just going, Oh, what was that game from a while ago? And then you described it and I think it was me or someone else in the chat told you what game. then you went and looked at all the games that they yeah. made. <laughs> it's just interesting to see like where inspiration goes and gaming is just I don't know. Watching someone browse the internet. Yeah. Mm. And that's something I get from playing like some of these old school games. Like I wouldn't say I am like a retro old school gamer at all. But yeah. Going back through some of the legendary games of the past is kind of like, wow, this is actually kind of where this certain game mechanic or this certain element of gaming yeah. has sort of sprung from fucking decades mm. ago. Yeah, interesting and, uh, to see kind of where it all started, especially if you're going through the back catalogue of like a specific studio like mm. Remedy, for example, like you say. Yeah. Interesting to go back and see all the influences now, which are like so kind of evident in their current games and yeah you guys were talking about there's links throughout these certain games and you've been very good at like saying what you want to say but not saying it because i haven't Mm. completed it and it's like charlie day and and always sunny with like you've got the pins in the boards and you're sitting there going like (laughs) yeah you're sitting there going no this was in this game this is in this game yeah yeah so it's quite fascinating to see but i would have just waited because you played the Max Payne's, I would have just waited for the remaster. That's yeah. how my brain works. I said works. this the other day. I yeah, said, you're going to wait that. for the remasters because they're coming soon and you but, went back to do the originals anyway. But I'd, I'd only ever watched my dad play the Max Payne's as a kid. So when I played it, mm. I was like, did I actually play this? And I was waiting for any sort of uh, memory to come through of, oh yeah, I've done this level before in the past. I definitely hadn't have played those games in the past. But you have to admire what they did. Like, oh, good games. Yeah, the slow mo, the, the the physics yeah. of the world, the story's actually pretty good. The combat is okay. The jump from Max Payne One to Max Payne Two, and I think there was only a year or two between the games, was incredible. Like playing Max Payne Two, the graphics are like ten times better. The it's, combat's insane. Like and, that uh, whole franchise is um, obviously they had the film that got spun off from that, but even like Rockstar wanted to get involved with that franchise. And yeah, they made the third one. So. Yeah, and yeah. it's just incredible to see, like, now playing a game like Alan Wake 2, where it really feels like Sam Lake could unleash his mental fucking, just how clever he is on a game and really go full depth on everything that he could possibly want to do. Going back to a game like Max Payne 1, where you see, obviously, he's acting as the main character, and then you've got you've still got, like, live action stuff. They were blending gaming and live action all the way back in the first Max Payne. It's incredible. Yeah. I, watched, I think... Sorry, go on, go I watched no, a go. clip of him. with. Uh, he did something with the BAFTA gaming. He did like a sit-down series with them. Mm. I didn't realise how young he was. Like yeah. He's been making games for like... For like 20 twen- years. 20 years. Yeah. Mm. And I think he's only yeah. like 15 So he's had all these... Like you said, he's had these things in his head and the text only finally got to where he wants... He's needed it to be almost... But do you know what else I found out the other day? I did another deep dive. This is one of the last points I've got. So the voice actor for Max Payne, mm. get this, is the voice actor for Alex Casey in yeah. Alan Wake 2. Yeah. How cool yeah, is that? It's, 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 yeah, it's really cool. And it's, it's cool how they've kind of kept kept people in in the, their games, like throughout all of their games, like people yeah. they've worked with before. Because, you know, uh, Dr. Dr. Darling in um, Control, yeah, yeah. He's, he's the voice of Alan Wake. He yeah. voices Alan Wake. How which is, cool which is, is that? Yeah, and I think I think part of that as well. I mean, I might be quite, kind of fucking barking up the wrong tree, here, but I think part of it is to do with the whole. Well, it kind of emphasises the whole sort of like time travel slash multiverse concept that is layered mm. in 
um, throughout these stories of like there kind of being otherworldly forces at play and things like that. I guess it kind of blends it all together and mm. yeah, it just adds to, adds to the story. But I think, it, I think, you know, from the sort of basic level of just having people that you've worked with and people that you really like come back and do voice acting on your future franchises and future games is just pretty cool. Yeah. So, it's like yeah. many film directors out there that do this similar kind of thing, don't they? They'll look after yeah. actors that they've loved and yeah, look at like Scorsese obviously got Killers of the Flower Moon, yeah. which is out now. I think it's his and De Niro's like tenth or eleventh collaboration. Wow. Yeah. And then you've got oh, what's the fucking guy? Inglorious Bastards and stuff. Oh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, does yeah. it with like um Sam Jackson and yeah, that, uh, that German like lad. Kaitel was in a lot of his films, and Christoph yeah. Waltz. That's it. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, Connor, I don't think you've been gaming as much as Ben, have you, this past week? No, it's impossible. <laughs> I haven't got enough hours in the day. Uh, just a quiet uh, week, really. I've been working. Uh, Football Manager's fully released, even though it was in nice. a beta, but they're not calling it a beta. It's very strange. <laughs> and then uh, I jumped into Jusson. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is going to be the game I play over Christmas. I really like the vibes of it. Cool. So it's a nice, chilled, relaxed game. But barring that, nothing much. Um, and yeah. chipping away a fixed Alan Wake too, so now I can actually hear things. Good, wicked. You're, you're in for a great time, Alan Wake. Yeah, yeah. It's so a shame that you had those problems, but yeah, it's fine. I just I uninstalled it, reinstalled it, and then verified, and it has sort of cleared most things up. It's still a bit choppy during cutscenes. Yeah, the, it, the I'm pretty sure the, those audio bugs are still in the game. Even I think they yeah, did release a patch like the other day. But as mm. as far as kind of like my own playing of the game right up till the very last moments of finishing the game I was getting those audio bugs as well I only had it once quite bad where it was a phone call that I had and it was like the phone call was so far away I could almost hear that like the emitter of the sound if you know what I mean was Mm. miles away and you could just about hear it it was really weird but that was all I had bug wise actually my Alan Wake experience Mm. was quite bug free so yeah I'm enjoying it it's a beautiful game and yeah. it's just I've I haven't been able to get immersed because every sort of cut scene and like it's just like can't hear nothing. And then mm. yeah, that yeah. sucks. So I yeah. don't know whether I'm going to restart or I don't know. I, I might, d- I, yeah. yeah, it depends. I, I've just got to like the subway part. So yeah, you're not that I, far into the game to be honest. Yeah, I'd say keep soldiering on. Yeah, because so. you might but, get into that loop that I got into. Is like oh, I've done all this, bored, quit. It's a, it's a shame because. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like when it's running when it was running smoothly it's a brilliant game fantastic mm, but it's just yeah. like certain things I haven't got the context for and then there's I fell through the map which is yeah. weird how are and you then, with like spooky games I just I, I'll just do like a little jump I'm not <laughs> too, too bad and I'm just like uh, I remember when I first played uh, obviously the opening mission or whatever you got that fucking naked dude running through the forest mm. and uh it's all you can hear things going off like the corners for oh, something's Don't coming like out, this. yeah. And then, yeah. like, the, a deer popped up. I thought, oh, okay, and then, <laughs> you got me. And, and then you get like Alan Wake's face just like fucking jolt and just goes oh. like that bit got me. And then I've got used to that things are gonna pop on the screen, yeah. That that happens throughout the whole game, so. yeah. I think that's, that's the thing though, like, the, the game's actually like not scary but there's like so many jump scares and the jump scares always fucking get me as well because i'm just glued to the screen looking at what's going on and yeah i think well we'll we'll probably talk about adam week two like quite a lot in our 
sort of game of the year episode, which we're going to yeah. do in a couple of episodes time. So yeah, we can get really into it then. But I think Alan Wake is quite generous with the survival aspect of being a horror survival game. I agree. So, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that more when when it comes up. But um, yeah, yeah. How are you, James? Well, let's, well I'm, I'm good. Thanks for asking. I mean, we've not really got enough time to talk about what I've been up to. So let's move Sorry. on. Sorry, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right. So well, anyway, I thought before we get into the main chunk of the episode, I thought we'd just have a quick look back at the recent year because there's, there's a lot of shit's been going on lately, and we haven't really had the chance to sort of sit down and talk about what's been happening. So, mm. yeah, I thought we'd just have a little little catch up and, and discuss some some various stuff that's been going on. I um, wanted to start with quite like a sort of easy thing, really, or something that's been happening recently. So we know Modern Warfare 3 has recently mm. come out. Very poor reception. 16-month yeah. development cycle. I mean, I don't know what is next for this franchise, to be honest. it's It, it seemed like Activision were all for delaying a new mainline Call of Duty game and giving yeah. it giving Modern Warfare 2 a couple of years to sort of, you know, mature. Do, do its thing, mature. And we never got that in the end. So I don't really know what's happened. I mean, has anyone played it? Has anyone watched it, looked at it? No. So I definitely sort of wanted to see what the reception was like before I bought this one, especially because we were promised what you just said, that two-year game cycle and... Then obviously they lied and released this game. So I was like, well, yeah. it doesn't feel like it's probably had much development time. Obviously, 16 months makes it one of the shortest development times for a Call of Duty in ages, apparently. Obviously, the poor reviews as well for the solo campaign. Lots of people complaining. I've, I've sort of seen some mixed reviews on Steam for the positive where some people are saying like, this is exactly what I was wanting from COD. Sort of fast, quick pace, that's, run around. And, uh, and that's uh, like... I think that's I ref- copium. Like, yeah, maybe. And this is the problem. I've had issues with Call of Duty for like a decade now because every game feels similar to me. Yeah. And I'm not a massive first-person shooter fan anyway, so I can sort of step away and look at it for what it is, for example. But mm. there are COD fans and you see it. Me and James play FIFA every year and we're in that sort of boat. You play it at first. Like I've played this year's EAFC and at first it's like, oh yeah, this an improvement on last year and then you play for a week and it's like, no, this game's worse than last year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, so there were rumours that this was actually meant to be DLC for Modern Warfare 2. Mate, 100% it was meant to be fucking DLC. Like, yeah. I don't think anyone can deny that at this point. Considering mm-hmm. the fact that they said, um, we're going to give it like a two-year sort of release cycle for Modern Warfare 2. The, model, the content in Modern Warfare 3 was... Purely a mid cycle up up like expansion. Yeah. Like I, I, I old school maps. Exactly, exactly. And I, and I fully believed at one point that they would release this expansion. It wouldn't be priced as a full game. It might be like twenty nine pounds or something like that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe thirty nine pounds. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 you get a bunch of new maps. You'll get an update to obviously the war zone and stuff like that. And and, and everything. Maybe even some you know um, campaign related stuff or some story related stuff. Mm. And that is exactly what we've got. Yeah, and the the problem Four, is, price. yeah, <clears throat> and you mentioned people Ben who have been sort of giving it positive reviews on Steam, and like I don't want to kind of blame anyone or anything in particular for Modern Warfare Three, but I think a lot of the people who really went over the top with the criticism and the whinging about Modern Warfare 2019 and Modern Warfare Two from last year mm. are 
partly to blame for Modern Warfare 3 at the moment. I think yeah. that Activision got really sort of like, got their got their backs up because people were complaining that Infinity Ward were taking the franchise away from what it traditionally kind of is, the fast-paced slide cancelling, reload cancelling, bunny hopping kind of arcade shooter that, that it is. Yeah. But I personally really enjoyed what Infinity Ward were trying to do with Modern yeah, Warfare. Yeah, me too. Like this Modern Warfare reboot. But because of the amount of people, the amount of backlash, and it's all like streamers and like, you know, Call of Duty people, but people that play COD like religiously, like the way sort of Connor and I play FIFA, for example. The problem is, is that when you kind of complain and hark back so much to a traditional, whatever the game is meant to be, mm-hmm. there's, there's, you're kind of like stopping the development, the developers from innovating the game and yeah. modernizing it and bringing it they into like... need to listen less almost. And it's really irritating for me because like, I, I like Call of Duty. I really liked Modern Warfare 2019. I thought that game was fantastic. I thought that was the best COD has been for four years and a lot of people agreed with it. But, you know, they tried to take it a step further into that sort of immersive milsim type game. More of a tactical shooter with Modern Warfare 2 last year. They made changes to the minimap. They took out mm. ridiculous mechanics like slide cancelling and everyone fucking hated it. it. There was so much backlash about all these little tweaks and changes that they made mm. that obviously Infinity, uh, uh, Activision thought, well, if we, we want to maintain this kind of Call of Duty first-person shooter dominance, we should maybe listen to these people and go back to... Yeah. Um, what Call of Duty used to be and I, and I get it the fans obviously dictate how successful your game is by yeah. buying it playing it and staying on it but at the same time it's like I think Infi- I feel quite bad for Infinity Ward because I think they are a super talented studio that aren't really able to do the things they want to do yeah I also think people have allowed this to happen like if, if in the past 13 years how many of the CODs have been good that they yeah. sell a billion billion dollars worth every year on the weekend it gets released i'd and like to see the financials for this one because i haven't seen oh, it, much. it'll stay quiet xbox don't release financial details unless they're mm. doing very very well like yeah. they're, they're, they've only just shown like they don't show game pass numbers they don't show anything like that and unless this game broke modern warfare 2's and they numbers. want to flex yeah um but then but activision have been getting away from this for years you look at what yeah. they've done yeah. to overwatch Look what they've done to Diablo. Look what they've done to any franchise that Bobby Kotick and his little horde of minions have got their hands on. Call of Duty would come out every six months if they had a chance. Yeah. yeah. But it makes me wonder then as well, like you said at the very beginning, James, what's next for Call of Duty? So if this development cycle was rushed and that crunch time was like apparently quite bad on from what some of the developers have said, are they even in development for the next instalment of yeah. Call of Duty, or are we now going to have like a two week, uh, two year no, wait? You've got three studios working simultaneously. That's how the, this one comes out this year, yeah. one comes out next. The thing is, like, they're probably they're probably so far through any Call of Duty development on any game at any one point that if they say we need to get this fucking game out ASAP, they will just get it out as quickly as they can. Yeah, case in point, Modern Warfare Three, because I I I'm surprised that Infinity Ward didn't get to make Modern Warfare 3, considering they made Modern Warfare 2019 and Modern Warfare 2. I thought they, they'd be just the, the people that make Modern Warfare 3. I think that franchise was taken off of them and Sledgehammer were kind of like told to make Modern Warfare 3, turn it into the expansion that it, that it was meant to be and then um, try and spin it as a full game. 
because in Activision's eyes, maybe they need to recover the bad sentiment they've got from the sort of yeah. criticisms of yeah. Modern Warfare 2. And, and I guarantee um, Infinity Wars next game is Black Ops. Just called Black Ops. That's the, I mean, that's look, if, if it was up to me, right, if, I, if, I was, if I was Phil Spencer, or and I was like, you know, in this, this, able to decide all of these things, I would let Infinity Ward make another game. They make a different a game. They do idea. whatever you fucking yeah. want. Like pitch us an idea you've got because, like I said, that studio is super talented. And like the Modern Warfare 2019 was one of the best first-person shooters in terms of like its mechanics mm. that that's come out in recent years. It feels so good that game, and there's so much potential for that studio to make like great games. But I think they're really held back by Activision. I think that a lot of the studios under the Activision are equally held back as the well. One the one issue is, and it's. It, it's an easy fix, but Xbox, they did it with Bethesda. They stand off when they go, right, you're still in charge of this company, but you're under our umbrella. Similar to what Sony did with Bungie. You carry on doing what you're doing and we're getting involved. If you need help, we're here. Like yeah. they did with Starfield. Bobby Kotick's obviously leaving at some point. Should have been gone years ago. Cretin. <laughs> and we've seen Xbox just, they buy these studios and let them get on with it. And they're still in a rut. We see it with um, Redfall. Arcane. Unfortunately, Arcane was in. Bethesda told them we want to make a game that's monetized and makes money. Half of Arcane Studios left because that's not the games they make. And they let them spiral out of control. Obviously, COVID and other things, I can give them a pass on that because there was issues involved and they sort of learned their lesson. Do Xbox just let Activision get on with it? Go, okay, right, do what you want to do. Here's the money. There you go. Because at the end of the day, Xbox have spent $70 billion on them. If Xbox needed to, they would get a cod out every year. That's another billion dollars in their pocket. And they're just going to crack on. It's the thing. Does Phil Spencer go, no, we want you to make the games we know you're capable of, or do they want their money back? Yeah. Then it's the whole reputation on the line thing, isn't it? Because once you start going down... but Xbox are blind to it. You you turn on your Xbox this week and there's an egregious fucking Modern Warfare through advert as soon as you pop your Xbox on. Mm. Yeah, to be and fair though, they do they do that with all new releases. It's not it's not just Call of Duty. Yeah. I mean, I don't really like the idea of being met with a fucking ad as soon as I turn on any console. Yeah. But um, obviously Call of Duty now has got so much more popularity around it and particularly now that it's technically an Xbox game. Um, yeah, these things are going to be sort of flagged up and... Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a weird situation that Activision and particularly the development studios are under at the moment, and I just feel like I feel like there's not anything left to get excited about when it comes to Call of Duty. Like that 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 the, the ship has kind of sailed Been and, and gone, kind of that? kind of come back with Modern Warfare, but now it's fully just fucking left. Yeah, and I don't know where the franchise goes from. What is the next Call of Duty game going to be? When is it going to come out? And how's it going to be different? How's it going to improve? It's got to get better. The the issue is, and James... It could possibly get worse. James has brought this up, and you have as well, Ben. Like you said, with Modern Warfare, if Infinity Ward come out and go, right, we're doing this, this, and this. This is how the game works. We're going to make it a bit more realistic. No slide cancelling, blah, 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 blah. They have to stick to it. It's not... Yeah. yeah. Not going, they weren't allowed oh, to, though. My bad. They they, no. they they weren't allowed to. I mean, that's evident by the way they were presumably taken off development of Modern Warfare Three, mm. and this DLC that had been created or the expansion that had been created as part of Modern Warfare Two's life cycle 
was then turned into a full game and given to another studio who would do what Activision asked them to do. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of applaud Infinity Ward for trying to do something a little bit different with, with Call of Duty, trying to take it into a new direction. And at one point, everyone was praising Modern Warfare 2019 for, for that those exact reasons, for freshening up or refreshing the franchise, making something kind of a bit more unique, a bit different to what Call of Duty has been for the previous sort of 10 mm. years and trying something new. I mean, I remember playing um, the, the the beta for, for Modern Warfare 2019 and the thing that really sold me on this sort of rebooted franchise was playing one of the maps at night with night vision goggles in like the realism game mode. It was so yeah. tactical and it was so much fucking fun. And I was like, yeah, this is something I can totally get behind because I'm sick of having the last 10 years of Call of Duty being the way it is. Like, I don't, I'm bored of that game now. Yeah, and there's and, nothing else like that. Yeah, and Battlefield I mean, like, ta- tactical, tactical shooters are, obviously, they're, they're huge for specific people. Mm. And, um, like, I just I just feel like um, there's not, a, there, there's not a space, well, there, there isn't a game like that in the AAA gaming space, the popular yeah. sort of, like, mainstream gaming space. And it blended the whole like tactical realism with that casual playstyle. You didn't have to be a car Tarkov pro to to get exactly. that experience. You could just play it at home so on your console. You, you it's a great balance. The success of um, Counter Strike Two. I I jump on that game occasionally. Like me and Femi play at like three in the morning because that kid don't sleep. <laughs> and like I've not a twitchy sort of shooter, but I can go in there, have fun, have a good game. But there's yeah. a, and if Call of Duty wanted to do, obviously it's not going to be the same as Counter-Strike but the shooting mechanics in Call of Duty games are are spot on like they might be the best in the business yeah Yeah, definitely it's definitely up there and so if they wanted to make even if you see this stupid Call of Duty hub now if they if they've made that tactical mode keep it in the game because there is people that want to play a new style of game but it's I don't it's obviously Activision wanting money and they just bow down to peer pressure well, that would, they should maybe do what like Fortnite's done. So Fortnite has obviously got such an insane amount of, well, mm. the player base on Fortnite is absolutely immense. So if you go into Fortnite now, you've got a massive list of like hundreds of different game modes that you can play because yep. they know they've got the amount of players to fill most of those game modes. If you're struggling with player count, then you're not going to oversaturate the amount of go- modes there are to play no. because you you may not fill all of those lobbies. So maybe Call of Duty, knowing it's got an insane player count, keep those game modes in that some people love. Not everyone has to love it, but we yeah. love that fucking night vision the, mode. The, one. The, the only the only problem is is that I think I think that the type of game Infinity Ward wanted to make is inherently linked to the core game mechanics. Yeah. I like they don't want a game that you can slide cancel and bunny hop in. They don't want to make that game. That was evident with Modern Warfare 2019 mm. and, and Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. But the fact but is, then... is that like if they take those elements out of the game, you get the reaction we got from people that has led to Modern Warfare 3. Yeah. It's, it's like, then... I don't know, what are you supposed to do? If you're if you're Infinity Ward, you know you want to make X type of game, but you can't because you're going to alienate basically your entire fan base mm. because the majority of Call of Duty players now, like we... I think we need to remember in this argument or in this discussion, like we are the the, the minority. 
Like the, what we want from a new mm. Call of Duty game is not the same as what the majority of players want from a new Call of Duty game. We can sit here and say, you know, Infinity War, they're trying to do something a little bit different. They're trying to do something a little bit creative with the franchise, but that's not what most people want. And that is so evident. And yeah. this is why like Infinity War are kind of wasted on, on Call of Duty at the moment because they can they yeah. can make such a better game than what Call of Duty is. You really convinced me there because it's like, if that is in what Infinity War want what Infinity Ward want to do and then they have to split the development with other studios who do want to add slide cancelling everything is to appease the crowd then yeah Infinity Ward do have to bend the knee and do what the masses want whereas like you said if they do make their own game and can do whatever they like as well as like with DMZ too like another great addition but not everyone loved DMZ obviously if you compared Warzone player count to DMZ player count it's completely different but yeah. i know for instance my dad and his band of brothers that he plays with they love DMZ it's the only thing that they played and now DMZ's kind of been replaced with zombies and it's a bit different and what and so on but could you imagine like a game that played like 2019 Modern Warfare that was slow and tactical and then you tied DMZ into that and I don't know, just yeah. like Infinity well, you Ward can see, you can and... see what they were trying to do. Can't yeah. You can see the vision for what the game, for, for what they wanted the game to be. But, you know, you, you'll, you'll never stop Call of Duty players playing the game like Call of Duty, mm. like the way they want to play it. They, they just want it to be a fast-paced arcade shooter. That's just, that's what they want. Whereas we'd prefer yeah. something a bit more tactical that's just not what the masses want. That's not why people go to Call of Duty. And, you know, maybe maybe we just, us in particular, we need to just take a step back and wait for another studio to, to develop the kind of game that we're looking to play. Mm. Could that studio be Bungie? <laughs> not anytime soon, if we're fucking <laughs> not, talking not about... 2025. <laughs> we're nah. talking about what's, what's been going on with that studio. So Bungie, mm. yeah, the Bungie are going through a bit of a time of it at the moment. Um... I think most people would probably say it's their own detriment, to be honest. Like it's yeah. their kind of, in part, their own sort of fault. Um, I think they've, how many people did they did they lay off? A couple of hundred people, wasn't it? Yeah, hundreds, so I, I, think. I heard around a hundred, but a percentage that makes it seem a bit more alarming, it was maybe eight to 10% of their staff yeah. count. So that maybe paints yeah. a picture of how large that actually is. Um. But yeah, so for those who don't know, Bungie's had some layoffs recently um, of around 100 and so people due to Destiny 2 underperforming and obviously player sentiment being in the bin for the game. So it's a bit of a sticky situation for Bungie. Yeah. And yeah. It's it's um a real kind of shit situation, I think. Like the, the layoffs of... Uh, it's never nice to hear that something like this has happened, particularly in, you know, an industry that we're so invested in, an industry we're so passionate about. But it just seems to be the trend this year. I'm not, I don't know what's been going on with these studios. I don't know why there's been all these mass layoffs, but it feels like, you know, there's been a lot of kind of overshoot from the people managing the money. You know, um, Bungie recently opened a probably very expensive new headquarters yeah, um, I heard it in was Bellevue, super I think it was Washington. Expensive. And when your primary IP that gives you all the money that you've got is not working so well, maybe Ooh. that could have been delayed a little bit. Maybe that wasn't entirely necessary. Mm. As a result, you know, the workforce are the ones who, you know, the, the developers, the people just like day to day are the ones who have to suffer for it. And, and what's ironic is they're actively yeah. looking for other positions as well. 
So it's like we'll trim the crowd here or trim the, the workforce here and we're still looking for people there. Um, they're also saying as well that obviously you've got the new DLC coming out soon, which has now been delayed. But some people are saying, or I think it's maybe some internal people are saying that the company's mindset at the minute is that this new DLC, the final stand, I think it's called. The final shape. It's like the final shape, sorry is literally make or break so they're aiming to make this fucking the best dlc the game's ever seen because it quite literally has to be the best dlc the game's ever seen it has to be yeah. so the company has that mindset because it knows that the player sentiment right now is at an all-time low most likely i mean our, we us we used to love jumping on destiny back in the day but mm. i don't remember the last time i even considered pressing play on destiny recently so um it's uh and then yeah. you've got obviously they've got another ip announced last year i think it was marathon That's a few months ago wasn't it marathon at, oh at, so at, um, yeah whatever like sort of a, event it was yeah. yeah it's 2025 now yeah delayed yeah. until 2025 so I'm, I'm curious as to like it's obviously bungie now or a, a playstation studio i'm curious as to what sony's understanding of the situation at the studio was when they went to acquire them or were they not bothered mm. about any of this? Mm. Because I mean, the, the reason, the reason, presumably the reason a, um, like PlayStation or an Xbox want to acquire a certain studio. Yes, obviously there's a business side to it, but I think the other part is because they will develop a great game for your portfolio, for your console. Yeah. Obviously like, Destiny was never going to become a first party game anyway. I, there's, I don't know if Marathon will be a first party game or not. No, it's not. But um, well, <clears throat> you know, it's it's. I, I wonder what the thinking was there because all of this has seemingly come out of well, for, for most people like us players, it's kind of come out of nowhere. There's these yeah. mass layoffs and these essentially what is a big budget restriction for what is going to be their upcoming games. I kind of got a, I've kind of got a vague memory. I remember when there was this like crazy race for these large publishers to to try and get some live surface games under their belt. And I think mm. so Bungie for or Destiny for Sony was like Sony haven't really got many live service games and that was a quick fast let's grab Destiny. It's doing really well. It's a live service game. It makes tons of money beyond game sales themselves let's um let's just grab bungee so i think maybe that was like a rust decision at the time and but another I, company I, yeah, that they could I keep don't, at arm's length i the think the problem is I, I don't think obviously sony knew what they were buying with bungee but it doesn't feel like it's a rush because bungee mm. are best in class you look at games that have tried to be Destiny; they haven't yeah. worked. I mean, it's a good like we we talk about um, Infinity True. Ward being being a sort of A class first person shooter, yeah. but Bungie they they're probably part. Well, you could call them pioneers in that in that genre uh, with Halo. Yeah, yeah. revolutionising genre. Sony saw Bungie as more of a partnership. That's why Bungie is still working, similar to Xbox and Bethesda, which we brought up earlier. They're working to the side of PlayStation and not. Necessarily kind of semi-independently. Un- yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but they brought them into, obviously they were trying to make 12 live service games. Bungie came in overseas. You see famously with Last of Us Factions said, not good enough. Put that on mm-hmm. ice for a little while. It's a bit rich now, isn't it? When you, when you look back at everything that's happened recently, you think, fucking hell. And then, um, obviously, Sony have now, Jim Ryan looks like he he's retiring. I think he's been shown the door. 
Yeah. Uh, Connie Booth's been pushed out. I think Sony have clearly saw this isn't working. This is what they want. Mm, and I think Herman Hoss. Yeah. So big changes afoot for PlayStation next year. And they've trimming 12 live service games to six live service games. Yeah. So. But Wait, I think so sorry. They're trimming 12 down they to had six. 12, 12 they had 12 in development. In, in development. And they've just canned they've six. off half. Oh. Of and um, so one will be, any, were any of those announced? Sorry, uh, maybe you've got other than Marathon. Last of Marathon. Us, Marathon, uh, Concords, Fairgrounds, Fair, the Jade Roman game um, looked oh, similar to the finals. <coughs> oh, they got oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I yeah. What you mean. Um, that was four of them that I think we know of. Some of them might have been so they've stepped away from that. But Bungie, mm. I think their own issues are down to the suits in charge. Yeah. You see yeah. um, the video of Alana Pierce obviously has contact with people that works at Bungie. The devs are saying, we want the game to be the best the game can be. And the suit, why was Destiny 2 free to play? You could have charged 60, 70 quid for that game. Mm. They've monetized everything. And we've spoke about it in the past. Diablo, for example, Call of Duty, for example, Apex, whatever. You get sick of every time you go on the game. By the way, you can buy this. By the way, you can buy this. And then DLCs come out and they're not really DLCs. They're more different shaders and different skins and they remove yeah. missions. They add new missions and they take huge portions. The game's a mess. It's weird because like yeah. they're trying to... The, the, it's, it's strange because when I look at Destiny, I don't, I don't really see it as like a live service game, whatever that means, like in the traditional sense. Like I look I, to, to me, Destiny is a co-op shooter and it's meant yeah. to be played with like a couple of mates and it's just like there's story content and then there's PVP. Like I don't understand how the live service element of this game really fits into Destiny, what it was when it first sort of arrived back in whenever it came out, 2014 or whatever it was. And, um, them making Destiny 2 free to play is probably one of the biggest mistakes they've they, they could have made. And, you know, if you've got people like in that video that you, that you mentioned, kind of telling leadership, we need to do something about this game. We need to change the way this game works because we're yeah. losing player sentiment and our player base is dwindling and we're going to suffer for it and they ignore you. They've only and, really got themselves to blame. Yeah. And then they cut the jobs because the game's not performing well, even though these developers were pointing out the fucking holes in the floor. And the issue is, it's a worrying trend. You look at Respawn openly saying, we want to make Titanfall 3. And EA are like, no, Apex, stay with that. That's making us money. Yeah. Unity have cut people this week. They've just announced massive profits. Epic Games. Epic. Fortnite makes a billion dollars a day at this fucking point. That game makes more money than the Bank of England. Cutting people. It's nuts, isn't it? And they said they, they said they said they were overspending. Like what what the fuck are they overspending on? The Epic Game Store hasn't made a profit since it's started. Yeah. And they still can go and give Remedy always oh, 12 months exclusive money. And they're yeah. trying to make it a thing. And I respect them for it. But what happens when Fortnite drops off the face of the earth? What's I next? Ever I think, you know, it's funny because I was reading a little bit about um, the guy who's the CEO of, of Epic Games. I can't remember what his name was, but mm. um, the article was really interesting because it was saying about like um, reasons why Epic's kind of in the situation that it's in. And apparently this guy, oh, fuck, I can't remember his name. I literally read it like before this, this we started this. But, um, the guy, apparently he was, um, 
he he's been so obsessed with like chasing this idea of like the metaverse mm. and um implementing that into Fortnite. They kind of have something of that kind of going on at the moment with Fortnite. Was it Fortnite Creations or whatever? It's, what's it called, Ben? The when you can like make your own maps and stuff like that. Um, yeah, anyway, so I they, think you're got, close. Yeah, yeah they've got the some, they've got that going on. But then it kind of feels like that it's not quite the idea that they wanted it to be in the first place. And there's always a bunch of other shit going on with with this guy. And um, but yeah, the article is basically saying that he's made a lot of bad decisions with Epic and then also with the store as well. Like you say, Connor, like competing with Steam. Like I don't think you can compete with Steam at this at this stage. So you've got to be yeah. real smart with how you launch a new pc storefront and uh yeah i mean like the, the layoffs are just coming fucking thick and fast at the moment from everywhere I mean, in one of the I biggest think... years in gaming that we've had I know. in terms of the actual games themselves being incredible like it's been i think a great they, year. i've read i've read in like an amazing article which was like if you were to look at the meta scores for the top games that have come out this year this has literally been one of the highest quality game years for decades i think mm. it goes back to like maybe 2003 and it's three not or even six, just like seven. the the meta scores placed like we're speaking about sony and bungie playstation have just broke another record for i think they're Spider-Man. nearly at 50 million units sold and they haven't released many games to ps5 ps5 exclusive ever like, ever playstation have got a 51 percent market share in the uk now like there's 50 they own the market completely and it's like 90% in other regions. They're kicking everyone in the teeth this generation with sales. And it's still like, you're not making money. We're going to rip uh, all these people from you. It, yeah. It's worrying because... It's how you, much money they need. Yeah. And uh, the problem is video games have got to the point now where a Sony product costs 200 to $250 million to make. And that is mainly salaries. So mm. they're trying to cut and cut and cut, and then what happens? Salaries and marketing. There's yeah. a part of me that kind of understands. The, I'm just saying, from like, if you were to get a game and you were to hire everyone that you needed to make that game, obviously, rationally, once that game has been made, there are going to be many jobs that aren't necessary anymore. Oh, that, I completely that's, get that. That's, that's a constant theme within video games. Um, you see it with uh, Starfield. Um, I think something came out recently about, or it was maybe Redfall for Arcane. Mm. Uh, so basically, towards the end of a game cycle of development, they will bring in uh, like contractors, or, um, like freelancers, essentially. They'll okay, come yeah. in. You'll get an eight-month contract or a 12-month contract. You'll come in, help finish the game off, and then you're out the door. So like mm. the constant sort of cycle of developers coming in and out is quite a a recurring theme within the industry. But people at Bungie, like you said, they've just made a new complex. They've got over a 1,000 employees. They're gearing up for Marathon to come out, which is Bungie's first new IP in a decade. And they've got this final shape DLC that could literally make or break Destiny 2. And they're getting rid of people. Bite the bullet. Sit there and, do you know what? I'm not going to take my bonus this year. Don't open up a new fucking headquarters when you don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. It's the problem with the suits in charge. And you have you seen what the Take Two um CEOs fucking saying about video games lately? No. Not uh they're too cheap. And <laughs> this is a guy yeah, that is yeah. is so yeah, Take Two obviously they develop uh, or publish um they own Rockstar, don't they? Yeah. So there's like I read something that like ages ago that people were speculating that GTA 6 could be the first $100 game. 
like Jesus. a base game costs a hundred dollars to, to come well, out. Apparently, yeah. well, obviously GTA six has been an announced in some ways we're getting the trailer in december obviously extremely hyped for i read something else interesting that apparently this game is going to cost upwards of a billion dollars to make i don't know what the fuck they're doing with this game i mean but i also saw something that apparently rockstar or take two published their physical year projections and stuff but they're predicting that in mm. the fiscal year of 2025 that they'll make over $8 billion in sales on just like games alone. That's and nuts. compared that to, I think it was this year or last year where they projected maybe like four to maybe three or four billion. So this person's like report was basically saying they're going to have to either release 10 fucking top tier games or one absolute behemoth of a game, mm. and that might correlate with the whole £100 price tag, especially if this guy's also saying games are too cheap. I, it, I've i got a feeling it'll be £60 for the £60, $60 for the base game, and then the GTA Online will be a paid expansion. That would be insanely risky for them to do yeah. that. That would but be people will pay seriously it. risky for them to do that. And the yeah. thing is, they can release a game at $60, $70, and... They'll be fine. GTA 5 is the highest selling media product of all time. And we've been waiting mm. 10 years for a new one. Or longer yeah. than that now. It's like 13 years, isn't it? 12 years? 13 years? 2013, I think it came out. Yeah, yeah, it's 10, it's 10 been years. a while. Oh, no, it's Xbox 360. Yeah, it's 360. What am I talking about? It's Xbox. It's 2012. No, what? GTA 4? I think that might be GTA 5. Oh, 5, obviously. Yeah. So GTA 5 came out in 2013. The thing is, though, after. I, I t- well, there's one thing that's going to piss me off though and I, I know I just know they're going to do it they're going to release it on Xbox and, and PS5 and they won't release it on PC for a year I yeah. guarantee it they are going to do it and it's going to piss me the fuck off because I'm just I'm sick of it just release the game on PC because don't they be stingy double f- thing they want people who are desperate to play it who have PCs and they're like oh I'm going to buy it on my console they're going to get all of us like they got all of us on GTA 5 where we all yeah. everyone ended up buying it fucking three times but the thing I is though, like I'm not fucking buying yeah. it on PS5 as well to play it at 30 frames per second either especially if the game's going to cost more than an, a regular sort of game as well yeah I'll wait I'm I'm drawing the line under this I don't I don't give a fuck like I'm yeah. not going to do not what I did with GTA 5 and buy it four times Plus, there was an air of mystery around the GTA 5 release because it came out when there wasn't really... I don't know if the next-gen console had been like fully, fully like mm. announced or released yet. So everyone no, was like, we have to buy it on these consoles. Then the next-gen consoles come out and it's like, of course I'm fucking buying it. Then it came out on PC. Mm. And you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, let's buy it again a third time. Here's fucking 180 quid or something stupid from <laughs> most people. Plus shark cards and... But the problem is they make a quality product. No one would have bought a game Uh, three times. Well, I was gonna I was gonna say, I was gonna say so let's let's say GTA six does come out. It does come out to PC as well, but it costs ninety nine pounds. Are you buying it? Yeah. Because I'm gonna get I'm gonna be able to play it for ten years. I would have paid exact this is exactly (laughs) what I'm saying. Like they they can do whatever they want they mm, don't yeah. give a fuck they can charge a hundred dollars for a game if they want to because chumps think- like us are going to buy it because at yeah. the end of the day this game it yeah. likely will be the game of a generation but because they the one, always are the one thing is rockstar are fortunate i wouldn't say fortunate it's come from hard work they've put themselves in that position if yeah. naughty dogs next game's 100 quid i'm gonna pay it because i trust that studio 
If EA Snakes yeah. games a hundred quid, you can go and fucking yeah, uh, jump yeah, off exactly. a pit. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, paying for point. it. It's if Sam wrong. Lake was like, yeah, buy my next game is a hundred pounds, I'm buying it. <laughs> and um, if Rockstar come out and say, look, the base game's sixty quid, and then online's twenty pounds. Okay, no worries, because mm. I'm going to be able to play that for a decade. What about if they did like a subscription for the online? I'd pay it. Well, they've got a subscription now, haven't they? They've got they've got GTA Online yeah. or GTA Plus, whatever it is. Oh, I, well, know I know. That. I know the online is like free to play anyway. But what the subscription does is gives you like a monthly kind of reward thing. So I think you get yeah. a certain amount of in-game money. You get access to like um, special Fortnite vehicles and, and like a soft. Like oh yeah, like the for- uh, Fortnite crew of class yeah. or whatever it is, or yeah, yeah. It's yeah if it was seven quid a month, and because then if I go right, I know when the game first comes out, I can play that for three or four months straight. And then after four months, I'm like, oh, I can cancel that. I'm not playing online at the moment. And then I can jump in and jump out. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Interesting. I wonder if they'll do maybe some kind of like separate online portion, perhaps. I don't know if that would ever be a thing, you know, like mm. with um, Warzone being separate well, from, from Call of Duty. The rumours of this game is, and I think this is why this, why I would pay a hundred dollars if this is true or £100, is this game's going to evolve throughout its life cycle. Right. So, like, they're going to be adding things to the map and new locations and stuff like that. That's, like, one of the constant long-running rumours. It'll be, like, the game's going to be set in Miami and then, I know, at some point, there would be, like, Cuba or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so interesting. If, if the game's constantly evolving and you see the amount of updates there to GTA Online and stuff, I don't mind, because I know it's generally going to be a quality product. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, I can't, I can't agree with that, but I mean, I think we have to sort of draw a line somewhere. I mean, the games yeah. are going to get expensive anyway, because it's just the nature of anything, inflation, etc., development costs. Um, but yeah, then, be, I would actually, I'd be surprised if it was a hundred dollars. I think that's a little bit extreme. Yeah, I, I do. But, so um, it'd probably be like uh, 70, maybe 70 pounds. Yeah. Think. Yeah, and then um, you've also got the Steam Deck 2.0. How do you Steam Deck 2.0? I don't don't give a flying fuck about the Steam Deck. Yeah, so I did buy the Steam Deck, or like I pre-ordered it when there was this window of opportunity. They really got me good because it was like, oh, you've been on Steam for ages. Here's like a premium pass, if you like, to, 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 like, I don't know how to say it. Basically get in early like an early supporter right, thing okay. so yeah, i signed yeah. up for it and then months went past i basically got the email saying like you've got 48 hours to buy the steam deck if you want it you've got your reservation <laughs> it's ready to be sent out to you and you, you can ignore this email yeah and we'll send it out to the next person or we can um or you can buy it so that's like, like some oh. fucking mob bullshit in it it's like yeah. you've got 48 hours to cough up the cash for this so I did buy it and I'm glad I did, even though I barely play it now. But to be fair, my partner plays it all the time. She's playing games like Stardew Valley and, oh, there's one she's playing now, Fae Farm. She's really into Fae Farm, which is like Stardew Valley mixed with Animal Crossing and stuff. So oh, nice. it's oh, great nice. for that. But obviously the Steam Deck 2.0, some people are calling it. It's not really been officially Ooh, named anything yet. Yeah, so the there are some changes. There were actually the list of changes are quite extensive, but apparently Steam were not really trying to mug anyone off too much and they didn't actually upgrade the hardware itself 
that much. So, for instance, the process is exactly. Oh, same. we're just going to charge you more, but fuck all's changed but the screen. Yeah. So, well, the screen's changed. It's more of a refresh, it's, really, than an upgrade. Yeah, upgrade. it's the version that they apparently the version that they want to release. Oh. If they could release it today oh, and not bullshit, no, it's propaganda. No, no, to be fair, I feel they've, mugged they've, off because they've released I... it now because the Nintendo Switch Two is coming out next year and it's going to kick the living shit out of the Steam Deck. And yeah, it's going to break consoles no records. But it's a part of me that feels like I understand it, but why release it? I know it makes you kind of answered my question before I even said it was like, why release it now? Because you risk when, upsetting when, so many people yeah. who have been the early supporter. I me, I thought it was announced really early, like this yeah. new update, weirdly then, out of nowhere. Why? So why is have you got everyone who is a, a big fan of Steam to get your product now? And now my budget for a product like that is completely gone. And then after a year, maybe two years, release the Steam Deck 2.0. Now I feel mugged off because it's like <laughs> a new iPhone every year. It's weird every that it years. came out a month before Christmas, isn't it? Very weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think it, they start. You can start ordering it from the fifteenth of November, I think. Yeah. Which is around the which corner. Is like two days now. Three days. Interesting. But yeah, it's got big OLED. It's got mostly the Screen same hardware. Good. Yeah, fifty percent longer battery, better cooling, lighter, quieter. But other than that, they're saying that the hardware mostly is the same. The same to provide same. the same. Oh, who you was I mugged off that much? It's got I a new watching, windscreen. Yeah, and some lights. Uh, what was I, I think yeah. it might have been Digital Foundry I was watching, or someone like that. But they were saying that. Um, oh. Valve claim there's no performance upgrade, but from our yeah. testing, there is a performance upgrade. Well, because so. there is, there I saw this bit, so that there is technically faster memory. Apparently, there is a more efficient AMD. Technically, faster stuff. memory, more storage, better screen, better yeah. this, better, better that, better, better everything. So, I mean, I How do much, feel a little what's bit. What's the price bit, difference between the original Steam Deck and this one? I think so. This one here. I don't know what version this is because this first Steam Deck came out in three different variants. Mm, yeah, I remember. Um, I think it's like 350, 450, 550. I don't know what variant this website is talking about, but this one is 550. So I don't know if this is yeah. the So this cheapest. is the top of the line one and they're probably because you get because you got, I think the base, I think the base version or the cheapest version of Steam Deck now is now what the most expensive version was previously oh. and then the middle version is the first one with like the OLED screen and the upgrades and then the more expensive one is all the upgrades plus more memory I think that's what I could kind of gather yeah. from what I've seen that makes sense yeah oh interesting yeah you're right so, James so it's 350 for the standard but that standard is the previously current, most expensive one uh, yeah yeah they've just yeah, dropped okay. it down some yeah they basically yeah. just done that haven't they like shifted that yeah. one down and knocked the other two up but I think oh, they've okay, added yeah, like an extra 30 quid on top as well. Dickheads. Mad. But yeah. Well, it looks like an interesting device. I, mean, I don't think I'd yeah. ever have a need for a Steam Deck or any sort yeah. of PC portable device. No. But, you know, fair it's enough. It's definitely one of those purchases I, I made where it was like in the moment. I understood I why you did it, it though, because you travel yeah, for you're, work. You're, you're, you're away for half the week, so... yeah. You it know, makes made it makes sense. sense for you to have a Steam Deck. You're yeah. the sort of person that would have a Steam Deck. Yeah, and mm. that's the exact reason why I got it. And then, not to sound like a pompous prick, but it's like I could never have the moment to myself to play it because I'm very fortunate to have some friends that I can go around and stay at theirs. Ooh, friend, but going around. And you're, their you're house, only two friends are here. 
Yeah. <laughs> but then to go around their house and then just like Play oh, candy crushing. I'm just court. gonna don't talk to me, I'm playing my Steam Deck. So it's like you always have yeah. to then talk to everyone and it's like I can't even play my Steam Deck anyway, because I have Please. to communicate. So it's you don't have to. So, well, it's a choice. Yeah. If I want to keep staying there, I've got to think, <laughs> Yeah, this is great. Thank you for having me stay. Oh, oh yeah, dinner, yeah, lovely, yeah, really nice. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Well, lots has been going on recently, isn't there? Fucking hell, I feel like we obviously haven't had a chat or a catch up about that for ages because a whole mm. hour's flown by before we've managed to even get to our main topic, which we will swiftly move to now. So um, for today's main topic, <laughs> even though we've been <laughs> talking already for outro. fucking ages, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're stitches on it and this can be the outro. Um, we thought we'd dive into the world of cloud gaming and check out some of the streaming services on offer because we think cloud gaming is an interesting concept, perhaps not one that is entirely viable for everyone right now, but certainly one that has some potential for the future of gaming. And between us, we've all checked out the popular services from both PlayStation, Xbox and NVIDIA and I think Amazon as well. And yeah. uh, we thought we'd have a chat about our experiences and about cloud gaming generally. So um, I just want to start off by saying I had a very positive experience with GeForce well. Now. So, I did too. Yeah. Well, so, well, with my... Do, well, do you want to start, Ben? Do you want to... Do you want to uh, so yeah, I we between the three of us, we divided up the sort of main suppliers of cloud gaming software at our leisure or at our availability. I chose Xbox because I actually was making my way through the Gears of War games and Gears of War 2 is an Xbox 360 game, only ever came out in the Xbox 360 and now is only currently available if you either stream it through the Xbox Game Pass cloud service or obviously if you have an Xbox 360. So I chose Xbox Game Pass. I believe Connor, you played with the PlayStation's streaming service. I've done PlayStation, Lunar, and Game Pass. Nice. nice. And then James, your main ones were I won't say it because well, it's just G- GeForce Now. G- GeForce Now. That was it. That's, that was that's it, all yeah. I did because um, yeah. And well, do, do you want to start, Ben? Do you want to yeah. talk us through your 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 experiences? So Xbox Game Pass. It's obviously part. So the cloud service is included part of the Game Pass if you buy the Ultimate Edition monthly. So there are two different versions of the Game Pass. You can just get the normal Game Pass version, which is, I think, just for PlayStation. Uh, just for PlayStation? Uh, just for Xbox. PlayStations is similar. I had to be a certain tier on PlayStation Plus, so they're about the same price, I think. Yeah, okay. And then you've got the Ultimate version, which then opens it up for all PC players, as well as the um, cloud gaming service you get complete access to a huge library of games as well as all of xbox's first party games which is actually quite a good deal and you can stream those games also so starfield for instance for instance recently came out and if you didn't have the pc or a console even at the time you could play on your phone playing starfield streaming it through the cloud and it's actually quite a good experience a bit of a timeline so game pass recently sorry game pass was announced in 2017 and only in 2020 did uh, the cloud service come out so it's been out for a few years it's still technically in its beta phase and yeah because they haven't actually got a proper name for it yet have they because they were at one point calling it x cloud and now it's just now it's just xbox cloud gaming beta yeah Yeah. and in 
2021, a year after the Game Pass kind of came out, or the Game Cloud, I don't even know what to call it anymore, came out, they did actually upgrade all the hardware so that if you were streaming a game over the cloud, you would be running on the Xbox Series X hardware, which was kind of quite good. Imagine if you could only afford the X, but you wanted to play a game on your X. You could stream a game on your S, technically playing on an X over the cloud. Mm. Obviously, with cloud gaming, cloud streaming, whatever it's called, there's some concerns over latency and performance and maybe not quite having that one millisecond response time that you're used to at home. And I remember playing, I don't know what service it was on, but I think I played maybe, oh no, it was the Google one, Stadia. Stadia. I tried a game, yeah, and the, the latency was just completely... Uh, spoiled my whole experience i tried to move in the game and after yeah. maybe half a second my input would register and it wasn't maybe it wasn't well, like playing a game at home yeah that's the interesting thing about stadia actually because like uh, uh, d- during this sort of experiment with cloud gaming i've been thinking to myself what because i never got to experience stadia obviously it shut down earlier this year mm. um i've been thinking to myself what what does what does nvidia and playstation and xbox do right that google didn't do right with stadia mm. and i think the biggest single complaint was just the performance of it was just yeah. trash like they just couldn't get it right and um because basically google stadia when it first came out it was a little bit different from what was on offer with with like xbox and stuff because stadia was essentially unlocking your library to take with you wherever you went so mm. much like GeForce Now, you need to own the games to be able to stream them. So with GeForce Now, it's not something like Xbox or PlayStation where you get access to a wide library that you can stream from. You need to own the games to be able to stream it. So it's mm. basically like um, making your library portable. That's essentially all it is. And yeah. it's interesting because um, Google said you did this and they received quite a lot of backlash for it at the time. But I think even up to now, Xbox are actively working on implementing this feature as well into their streaming platform. So they want you to be able to stream the games you own, even if they're not on the library or in the library that um, they offer. I think uh, Stadia is very much right idea, wrong time. Yeah, yes. they just weren't. Um, they just didn't have the knowledge or the experience yeah, um, to kind of get it off the ground. With the PlayStation Cloud Gaming, I don't know if this has got a specific name, it's obviously they give you a library of games to play, like in the PlayStation Collection or stuff like that, and then you can also stream any game you own. Interesting. So, and I think it's, I think, like, from from my experience with um, NVIDIA, like, I'm not, I'm not, for, for people that don't really sort of game on PC, they may not be familiar with NVIDIA, but when we talk about tech companies, like, NVIDIA need to be talked about in the same kind of breadth breath as microsoft or apple or anyone else because they basically pioneered the sort of external graphics card and their chips and their processes that they make are just insane like they know exactly what they're doing they're not chumps they know how to make hardware and now software always a step ahead and i i guess was maybe skeptical when i first tried out geforce now but i was actually quite stunned with what i saw when i played control on streaming it when i played cyberpunk even Alan Wake 2, like three massive games. Um, I was able to stream them all at like super high quality in 4K, 120 FPS, uh, ray tracing, maxed out graphics, cranked right up. And it was like a flawless experience. Wow. I was really honestly quite surprised with what I was yeah. seeing. I mean, I was impressed when you were telling me about the fact that you could obviously use keyboard and mouse 
a limitation yeah. with the Xbox Game Pass. That was, was my biggest issue with yeah. um, the Game Pass uh, even, on PC. Yeah, even though, so Connor and I, we played Halo together, uh, Halo Infinite co-op campaign. But obviously on streaming our computers, it. streaming it, yeah. but we are completely limited to key, controller. Uh, sorry, controller because we're playing it on a console device somewhere in the world, or at least we're playing on the hardware of a console. It might be a yeah. big old server room, who knows? But um, obviously we can't use controller, uh, keyboard and mouse inputs because we're not playing on a computer. Whereas with you, James, you're playing on an actual PC somewhere probably in the world and your con- keyboard and mouse inputs were registered. But completely. I'm pretty sure the X has got mm. keyboard and mouse capabilities yeah, it anyway. It does. Most likely. But Which... I think that's just a limitation of the cloud service, isn't it? It's weird. It is yeah. weird. I, I, I don't know what the answer to that is. Something, so I think you might have answered it earlier because well, I remember, well, we obviously done it this week. You two played um, Halo Infinite, played it, streamed it via the cloud. I watched you as you broadcasted it on. on um, Discord, Discord and it, it looked pretty good from what mm. I could tell. Like it looks yeah. decent. I mean, the latency was absolutely excellent. My yeah. inputs were just solid. The second I'd move my thumbstick or jump or shoot, it yeah. was immediate. There was I didn't feel any delay. I don't I don't remember if I was watching you, James, because my memory's getting blurred. But I remember with you and GeForce Now, you could actually get a heads up display on yeah, yeah, yeah. your latency and your mm. like game and you latency. Change filters and, and all sorts. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. The, honestly, the G- GeForce Now, I'm like super impressed by it. I mean, you definitely get what you pay for. It's the most expensive um, mm. service of them all. It's seventeen ninety nine, I think. Mm. But I think that price is actually going up as of April next year. So um, that's interesting. But you, yeah, like you say, I, I'm streaming these games from a RTX 4080 powered PC, which is basically the most powerful graphics card you can get bar the 4090. Mm. It's capable of maxing out basically any game at any point. And um, yeah, I'm playing on a 4K screen as well. So I was able to play in 4K. And yeah, like you yeah. say, Connor, the for people that are familiar with the GeForce overlay, you get the game filters and things like that. You have access to all of that when you're playing the game so I can yeah. use like extra sharpening on the game if I'm using DLSS I get to tweak all the graphic settings as well within the game to pre- improve it. my performance because I am again playing off of a PC and uh yeah just Whereas, an all-round like great experience that yeah. was that was an issue I had with Xbox Game Pass was it felt like I had my settings on low yeah but I've played yeah. I've played Halo Infinite on an S and not in and it looked better than it did on my PC. That's interesting. Mm. I mean, um, that's the thing, isn't it? We've been spoiled as guys who can run Halo on their systems, maxed out the settings and have seen what that's like to mm. then play the streamed version of it where you do have slight, obviously, dropping bit rate. You're not getting exactly what that console is spitting out. You're getting a stream of that. So there's some bit rate refreshes that you see coming down the screen every now and again. The latency was really good, but obviously the graphics themselves are completely the same way on a console where you can never change your graphics. You couldn't change your graphics through this service. So you were playing on whatever the console's limitations were. Um, And I think the streaming service for Xbox is just 1080p, 60 FPS, if the game slash console can support it. Because obviously I also tried Redfall as well. And that, that game so well. is capped at 30. So yeah. having like a game that didn't run very well, capped at 30, streamed, and obviously it's quite, even though 
the game was maybe quite demanding for the streaming service. So I got a lot of this bitrate refreshing going on where mm. you'd move the camera and you'd it see, would almost, see like a waterfall coming down the yeah, screen. Yeah, as it would refresh down the page. And it was quite jarring, definitely unplayable, I'd say. Mm. Um, but I, I blame the game more for that than the streaming service because obviously everyone knows that that game was super unoptimized. So playing an unoptimized game and streaming it. Not yeah, I, I also I jumped into Sea of Thieves. I streamed it and it ran brilliantly. Graphically, yeah. again, it was the same as Halo, sort of yeah. low settings, but fidelity yeah. wise and like mm. um, fantastic, run yeah. so smooth. And then I played an old school game. And now this is I've got a question that I couldn't find the answer to. I did try to find out, but I played Gears of War two. Like I said at the beginning, an Xbox three sixty game. So when I was then streaming that game, am I streaming that from a 360 or am I streaming that from, from an X. a Series X? Okay. Because um, I think with most old 360 games, when you're streaming them or um, playing them on Xbox, the X, the X boosts them. It gives them like a frame yeah, boost. Because you can play yeah. them because obviously Xbox, the Series X and the S have got like complete backwards compatibility. So you can play any game from Xbox's entire library. You can pop the disc into your... Xbox Series X and it will run the game because the only thing that threw me off because I was under that assumption I was going to assume but then I got the old school Xbox 360 UI um, from the console itself come up and I was like I don't know if I'm on a X now but yeah um, if you even if you play like I've got an S and you do that and you play like I went back and played like Skate 2 or 3 was I think Skate 3 was on Game Pass for a little while and uh, and then a, if you yeah. click like the Xbox button, like the old dash comes out, and it yeah, throws that's you for what a bit. Threw me so you're off. like, Whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> so I was I like, oh, maybe I am on a 360 proper, proper then. Throwback. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But playing on a game like Gears of War 2, a lot older, the graphics can be absolutely annihilated by most systems today. That was mm. probably maybe the best performing game because I got no bit rate refreshes on that because obviously it can process that game extremely well so it can give full bandwidth to sending it over the cloud if you like if that's mm. how it works once again latency was great i did find i did try it a while ago but i wouldn't recommend it there was a mod that you could download for game pass that allows yeah. you to use keyboard and mouse yeah even though obviously you have to use a controller mm. i did try it on a game like giz war which is super unoptimized for a keyboard and mouse obviously it didn't work well maybe it works better for other games that maybe are made for keyboard and mouse, but obviously right. you're limited because you're playing it on the console. Anyway, but um, but yeah, I, I in overall, I actually found the Xbox Game Pass cloud service thing pretty good, especially when you consider what you get. You get a massive library of games. You can use it on any device, pretty much phone, i, I iOS yeah. now. So I the, think the mad PC, thing laptop. is now is that you're you're getting native Game Pass apps now coming pre-installed with certain televisions so yeah all you need to do is connect a controller to your tv via bluetooth which all modern smart tvs support and you are literally good to go so you don't need a console whatsoever which is a crazy thought i mean i'm super impressed with that and then because of like well maybe something we should have mentioned is we're all we all have very good internet i think james and i i know well I'll speak for myself. I've got 500 meg to my house. I know Connor's got mm. maybe a terabyte, 800 to his house. Yeah, yeah 900. I'm not quite sure what you've got. I know it's up there. 
yeah, I think my my benefit was my for some I don't know why, but my latency was just insanely low. Like yeah. My internet's not that fast. It's well, it's three hundred megabyte like download. Yeah, it's still speedy. It's good. It's quick, but it's not like it's probably quite slow compared to what you can get nowadays. Mm. But yeah, I had a real like. Th- my experience with GeForce, like the latency, because like you said, Ben, I was able to get like a heads up display or like an overlay, which showed me my performance, my latency. My latency was always under five milliseconds, yeah. which is like, that's, that's like peak performance. Like if I'm playing CSGO, for example, and my latency is under five milliseconds, yeah, fuck it. I'm, I'm yeah. tuned in. I mean, I, th- I remember m- me actually saying like, how close to zero do you want to get? Because five milliseconds yeah. is ridiculous like if you're playing a, a just any shooter and you're maybe 20 to 30 ping latency whatever yeah. that's really low and yep. maybe if you hit 60 that's where it starts to get a bit high five milliseconds for streaming a 4k game 100 plus frames per second yeah. is nuts and Incredible. how clean did it look because i streamed oh. a little bit of control to, to you guys as well and it looked yeah. it just it looked, looked so so, good. so clean like you were playing it natively yeah, and that's Crazy. the thing as well. That game is gorgeous, and yeah. you've got all the ray tracing, all the settings cranked to max. You're playing it at 4K. You can use keyboard and mouse all through the NVIDIA um, service. What was so impressive was, obviously, because you're streaming it, you were changing the settings, and it was changing on the fly. It wasn't like, yeah. I've got to refresh, or yeah, I've yeah, got to log out and log in. Yeah. 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 It was just it was, like, it was like you was playing the game, and you was just fucking around in the settings yeah. and clicking yeah. it on. But then can you imagine, obviously, we've maybe been spoiled again. We've all got quite good computers here. If you were someone who just had a laptop and you wanted to play Control and you've got no way on earth to play a game like Control on your laptop, boot up NVIDIA now and then fucking play Control on your laptop at max frames, all the graphics you could want, as long as you're... as long as you have a stable, good internet. Internet connection, yeah. Yeah. Because I remember in a previous episode, months, months, months ago in our podcast, we were kind of not really singing the praises for uh, cloud gaming, were we? Because oh, the well, limitations it's that come are a long obvious. way. It's come a long yeah. way. And it's like, I'm, 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 you know, I'm glad it's come a long way because I'm not going to be the sort of the person that sits here and I don't want to. A, sound like I'm backtracking, but B, be ignorant to kind of what I've experienced because after having tried GeForce now like firsthand, I can mm. see there is insane potential for mm. cloud gaming. Like it's insane. I don't know if it will ever go as far as replacing a PC, for example. I can see it maybe replacing consoles, particularly if you're yeah. Xbox, because I think that that is their end game. That's maybe mm. a whole different conversation. But as far as PCs are concerned, I'm not sure if it can fully replace a PC. But if you are the sort of person, like you mentioned earlier, Ben, like you travel a lot for work mm-hmm. and you have a laptop and you're happy to kind of game on a smaller screen or something that's not quite the same as gaming at home on your PC, knowing you can still hit maximum performance from mm-hmm. or the even, game that you're streaming. Even something like a Steam Deck at some point is going to be able to stream it. Like, yeah. yeah. You see all these handheld devices coming out now that are trying to rival that, Steam Decks. And, yeah, you've got that Asus ROG thing that yeah, has yeah, got yeah. the Game Pass on it. And, yeah just a yeah, real so. combo well before but before I, we so i was just on, gonna 
to follow in with your point with like Xbox's end goal, can you imagine what a difference it would make if they didn't have to manufacture consoles anymore? Well, they can't sell consoles anyway, so it would help them out. Well, every, they, everyone makes consoles at a loss. Like, uh, exactly. PlayStation and Xbox both sell their consoles at a loss, I think. So, so if, you know, if they can get out of that. Eliminate. Then, at the yeah. end of the day, like we have to remember, Microsoft is a software company as well. They're not a hardware company; they're a software company. So, yeah, this is the sort of thing that they will be looking at and thinking. I mean, if we can get ahead on mm. this and possibly be innovators in this space, then maybe there's something there. They're laughing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, before we kind of like move on and maybe wrap up, kind of talk to us about PlayStation because you haven't really mm. mentioned it too much. Me and Ben um, have been taking over this conversation. So, so um, I also tried out Luna. Luna is hot garbage. Oh yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> it runs like a PS2. Like really? I played Fortnite on it. I don't know if it's because it's browser based. I don't know if that's mm. causing an issue, but um, really framey. Um, even with a wired connection on my PC, graphically not great. I tried Fortnite on it, which I also tried on the PlayStation version, and PlayStation shat all over it. Really, I was blown away by because I'm playing it on a console. I didn't play it on PC. Uh, Fortnite, I tried wirelessly and then I tried wired connection as well just to give it, made sure it was as I could parallel it with Xboxes because that was a wired connection on my PC. Um, when I played wirelessly with Fortnite, there was a couple of drops, but that's my Wi-Fi dropping. I'm quite far away from the router, so yeah. I played wireless, no issues whatsoever. Ran uh, whatever frames, I think it's 60 on I don't on PlayStation. Uh, run perfectly, graphically great. And then I tried Control. Nice. Uh, again, run perfectly. Uh, the only time I had an issue with um, control on the PlayStation was I changed from performance mode to graphics mode mm. and it took like a minute, maybe a minute to get used to it and then I it see. worked fine. Okay. Uh, so- but the game that blew me away was I played Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Highest settings, 120 frames a second. Wasn't, I, I think graphics would reduced a little bit wasn't as yeah. crisp as if I downloaded it, but looks stunning. So, what are you when you're streaming it through that on the PlayStation? Are you playing on another PlayStation Five, or are you I playing have... on maybe more intense? I mean, it must be a PlayStation. It's got to be a PS Five. It's got to be a PS Five. Surely, it's got to be yeah. a PS Five because PlayStation because... has been quite quiet about their cloud service, yeah. and I'm not. It... I don't want to be dismissive of Xboxes, but. Similar latency, but graphically, Sony are looking to stream at 4K and have like 3D audio and all sorts. Mm. 4K, they they seem to have put the money into it and they've kept very quiet about it. The only thing that surprises me, it's like, why buy a PS5 to then stream? Me and James had a discussion Mm. about this the other day, like briefly. If I have to download God of War Ragnarok and it's 150 gigabytes Mm. or whatever it is, do you know what I felt? I want to jump, drop in and just play it. I can stream it. And if it's anything like Miles Morales is, it's flawless. Might you not have be... to own the game. Um, so I, th- I can't remember. I think, I don't know if it's PlayStation premium or they, they've got weird names for their tiers. tiers. It's the highest tier similar to game. I think Pass, it's PlayStation is... premium is the top tier, isn't it? So you've got PlayStation yeah. plus PlayStation extra and then PlayStation and then premium. plus premium. Yeah. Yeah, so premium and ultimate are the same. Excuse me, are the same sort of thing. Um, you have to have the highest tier to get the cloud gaming, yeah. and then you get a PlayStation collection of games, which you can stream. There's like 
200, 300 games on there to stream. Similar to Game Pass. And then also, if you own a game, you can stream it. So obviously... So that's interesting about being able to stream the game you can own because you can't currently do that with Xbox. You can't stream a game that you own. You can only stream what's in the library. So that's interesting that PlayStation have kind of beaten them to the punch with that one. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe like obviously PlayStation have a lot more control maybe with what they can obviously if you buy it on your console then they will have the rights to stream it but with like Xbox you could potentially own hundreds of games that aren't available through the Game Pass how would they get the rights to then allow that to be streamed obviously with NVIDIA like you tried James you can you have to link all of your Steam and your Epic, and, yeah, 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 and that makes sense to then. But oh, I know you've... on Xbox, I've got um, my EA link to it, so there's got to be a way around it, yeah, because you can link accounts. Yeah, yeah. I is. mean, I, I'm definitely feel uh, what's the word? I don't know the best word for it. Like optimistic about the future of cloud gaming now. When I definitely didn't really care about it before, no. but. I, feel I, was, like, yeah. I was generally so impressed with the PlayStations. Because yeah. there is going to be a point where these games are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And these hard drives can't keep up and you've got to keep yeah. buying external hard drives and stuff like that. So, oh, guess what? Uh, Last of Us Part 3 is out. It's 180 gig. You so own I've, it. Just stream I, it. I've got yeah. a query then. <clears throat> so if the streaming from PlayStation to PlayStation was so flawless and so good... Why do you think there's then the limitation on the PlayStation handheld thing, whatever that's called? I can't remember. I, I just, why it's just can't the way it's, it's I stream... just the way it's designed? It's just the way it's designed. Like I yeah, don't why think can't it was I stream designed from the cloud to that. Yeah, it's not designed I, to do that. I that's just, it's just pure think, and simple. It's just not designed to do that. I generally think this is why Jim Ryan, like we spoke earlier, has been pushed out the door. It's just so How epic. Could stupid. it be? It would be, really it would be, because again, yeah. again, they'll have something that Xbox doesn't have. Yeah, I, and I, I who have no real interest in buying a PlayStation Five, if I could buy this little device for and half then the pay price, for PlayStation then, Premium every month, yeah, and stream yeah. the PlayStation games that I can't play because I do not have a PlayStation, I would yeah. get that probably. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I bought the Steam Deck. I've already been mugged off. It, probably you'd, get the subs- <laughs> you'd have the subscription, you pay for it for 18 months and forget about it. And yeah, then you go, oh shit, I'm still getting charged. And then you come yeah. home one day and Rachel's on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Valley. But, um, yeah. Well, it's interesting because like, uh, like, yeah, we, we all wrote it off. Like It wasn't even that long ago we were talking about cloud gaming. We were thinking, mm. what the fuck is the point in this shit? But I'm genuinely very impressed with what I saw from, from GeForce um, now. Yeah. And it sounds like you guys had equally quite a good experience as well with with what you you tried out. So it's good yeah. to see that the technology is progressing. I'm at least fascinated to see what Xbox does with cloud gaming when they've come out of beta because um, mm. Kojima's got a cloud game in the works for Xbox. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see what they're doing. But um, yeah, PlayStation need to sort of bite the bullet and. I have cloud gaming on other devices because if it runs like it did on my PS5, they can really make some waves. Yeah. I mean... And also Amazon needs to, as well, if they're going to get into gaming, fucking dive in because you keep tiptoeing around it and, oh, we've got streaming and it comes with Prime. Go and buy Embrace the Group. Make your own game pass. And it's also that kind of race in a way, isn't it? People are going to start picking their cloud gaming service home. Yeah, absolutely. So... Well, if it comes to that, I've picked mine. Mm. GeForce Now. 
And the thing is as well, like um, I I think from like a PC perspective, the cost of making or the cost of building a PC that can do what I could do with control with cyberpunk, for example, we are talking thousands of pounds here. We're talking three grand plus like easy. So you could then just like, I mean, yeah, you have to buy the game, but if you buy the game and then you just stream it from a fucking, cause you can get like the GeForce now, or is it the Nvidia shield? Like little boxing you can get, you can plug into yeah. your TV and that's got GeForce now on it. Um, so all you need is a controller um, to buy the game digitally yeah. and link your account, whether it's steam or Epic with GeForce now, and then get your subscription and you're up and running and you can play, whatever you want at fucking max settings. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because the cost of that is just a small percentage of what it costs to get yourself up and running on a PC. Even if you can That's only it. afford like a mid tier PC, if you're paying seven, 800 pounds for a, a piece uh, for a, a tower and you're sitting there going, do you know what? Now I can actually play Alan Wake 2 at full settings. Mm. And uh, as long as we've got a solid internet connection. Yeah. More people, I think, will get into PC gaming because there's such a barrier for entry for like high level. Yeah, for that real sort of like top end experience, it's like the cost of it is just insane. So yeah, this is this is the thing. Like I I think like Nvidia, I mean, yeah, whatever you say, we want about, but they make such a big fuss about their top end graphics cards. They've kind of ignored the mid to low range market. Yeah, and that's Mm. where the majority of PC players sit. Like the majority of PC players don't have thousands of pounds to spend my life's just gone off thousands of pounds to spend <laughs> on graphics cards and pc parts to be able to play games at like the highest possible fidelity mm. when um you know most people want these mid-range stuff so if you are a, a pc player who's got a pc but you can only afford like budget hardware you can still go and play alan wake at max settings just by streaming yeah. I mean, I've got a few friends that I know don't have the best PCs in the world who could definitely benefit from this service if they if they were so yeah, wanted wish to. to. Yeah. So, so cloud gaming generally quite impressed. I think there's yeah. a lot of potential for this service going forward. I, I I just want if PlayStation put PlayStation Cloud onto the PC and I just connect my PlayStation. I oh, that would be pretty like sick. Pregnant. To be fair, I mean that would be quite cool if they could somehow. I thought it wasn't there something that you could get PlayStation like streaming on yeah. PC or something. You could it's somehow like play- project so you PlayStation could, you could, Now on it. I think yeah, could, it was PlayStation it. Now, and I tried it, but you could it was only garbage. play PlayStation Three games. Mm, I think it came out on the PlayStation Four, the whole service, but you could only play PS Three games. They were doing cloud or before maybe because I played like Killzone Two on the computer yeah. and it was being streamed. This was like at the fucking the forefront of streaming when it was first being made or mm. you know what I mean, delved into. It wasn't good. I, I couldn't play it for long. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. Yeah. But um, well, I don't know if that it... was me, latency or what I'm not sure. Well it could be the number of things, couldn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I mean like we we all had pretty positive experiences. So I'm interested to see how cloud gaming develops in the future but i think we've spoken for enough uh, tonight for this episode so that sounds like a good place to leave it and uh hope you enjoyed what you listened to hope we didn't bore you too much but if you want to see more from us you can check out the links in the description of this episode you can see our discord our youtube all that good stuff and uh we'll see you next time bye bye